Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And 106.3 FM as we talk football with you for the next couple of hours. Maybe sprinkle in a baseball note or two as there was a no-no in baseball yesterday as the Cubs, who had a resounding ninth inning on Saturday night. Carried that over until Sunday when Alec Mills took the bump and didn't give up a hit uh, as the Cubs prevail. But football front and center here this morning on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We'll start things off uh, with Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Look forward to speaking with Doc. We, he was in the press box at Jack Trice Stadium. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, with Doc, but more so on the Big Ten. Conflicting information this morning after a very optimistic weekend. Dan Patrick, of all people, has thrown some cold water on this. I'm quoting from uh, his uh, show's Twitter feed. Presidents and chancellors will vote today. Michigan probably not going to play. Michigan State not going to play. Maryland probably won't play. Uh, If you're looking, you're going to get Nebraska, Iowa, Purdue, Indiana, Ohio State, and Wisconsin, who may not be able to play. I don't think, Trent, we will get a piecemeal Big Ten. I think it's going to be all or nothing. Most of the media still believes that it is all. Uh, most of the people that follow the Big Ten, uh, Dan Patrick obviously has somebody, as he would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would, I like to think he has very good sources. Uh, but he is saying that um, the, the optimism that I think permeated throughout the Big Ten footprint over the weekend Tap the brakes a little bit, according to DP. We will see. Yes, we will. A uh, little shade being thrown his way. And this is something we talked about, I think, last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago. The difference between being a embedded beat reporter, a breaking news type of media member, and somebody that opines and maybe has a contact. Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. Rip Dan Patrick. Stop taking Dan Patrick's reports about the Big Ten seriously. The first two weren't remotely accurate. Keep following credible reporters like Bruce Feldman and Nicole Auerbach, and you'll know where things stand. Shade there. You don't see that very often. No, Me- you do media not. Media on media crime. Yeah. Especially, too, at the uh, at the top. Locally, you'll see it, but not certainly two guys that have um, you know reached the pinnacle, I would think. Mm-hmm. The Athletic is certainly not going away, and Dan Patrick's Dan Patrick, after right. all. Uh, so, yeah, that's a great point, Trent. You don't see that often. Patrick came out with what he heard. Stuart Mandel shot down the rumor. Uh, we shall see who's proven right, as I believe we're going to find out either way in the next couple of days, but I don't think you're going to get half the schools playing and half the schools not playing. I don't think that makes sense to anybody. Big weekend of the NFL. We're going to get into your Bears, Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> leading the Bears to a comeback victory over the hapless guy. To be, it would suck to be a Lions fan. Can you imagine? No, I can't. The only thing worse would be being a Cyclone and a Lions fan. And there are, I'm sure, a few of them out there. I'm sure that there are. Trent. We get our uh, call from our Lions buddy every year in Ankeny. Is he a Cyclone fan? I don't know if he is, but a big percentage of the people up in Ankeny are. Connect the dots there. That is a one-two punch. Uh, it's and, it's and unbelievable. Until a few years ago, you also maybe throw a Cubs fan in the mix. Right, but they they uh, obviously scratched Cross that, that one, one off. off. Yeah, No doubt about it. Trent, I don't know when we're going to stop buying into this Iowa State hype. It's every single offseason. It's going to be the best team ever. Mm-hmm. Even better than 2019. Even better than 2018. 2000, year after year after year, 
We're told that the best team in Iowa State history is about to take the field. Look, Matt Campbell, and they wanted to build a statue of this guy. I go back and remind you. At this point, they also wanted to have a statue of Paul Rhodes, and we know how that ended. Matt Campbell's 26 and 26. Paul Rhodes at the same point was 25 and 27. Matt Campbell's won the Liberty Bowl. Got beat in the Alamo Bowl, brought a lot of fans. Good game. Got throttled, embarrassed in the Camping World Bowl. His quarterback... Is he taking the step forward, or is he going backwards in his career? He did not look good. Offensive line, I get it. You had a you had a big loss at left guard. Left tackle's got cement on shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, blocks, for God's sake. He can't move to save his life. The receivers don't get any separation. I like the defense a lot, with the exception of Miller, who had a horrible day. Davon Kyle is a pro. Yeah, he did. He is He's a complete really good. pro. Uh, he was just blanketing guys all over the field. Greg Eisworth. Fantastic. Rose makes plays. Although he didn't play, I thought he missed a couple of tackles. You're right, yeah. I thought, yeah, normally, Trent, I'm, I'm with you. I thought Mike Rose, um, you know, it's his week one, uh, didn't have his best game. Defensive line is stout. Mm-hmm. Defensive line is stout. Kohler being out, huge loss. Huge loss. Not a 17-point loss, though. No, Trent, no. No, I'm not making excuses. <laughs> There's no excuse. This was awful. And they better be TCU, who does not play right. until they play Iowa State, because if they don't, with Oklahoma coming to town, you're staring down the barrel of an 0-3 start. You made a kind of a joke before this. We don't do polls right. because we'd only get like four people responding. We hate embarrassing ourselves. But your poll question, who's going to win a game first, Iowa or Iowa State? It's I not, mean, it's I not know a huge stretch. In jest? The TCU if, game is a coin flip game. It's yeah, on the road. They play Texas Tech, who's... Awful. Yeah, they, they struggled to get by Houston Baptist, a Houston Baptist team that got beat by 26 by North Texas. Oh, Trent, that's unbelievable. Look, the bottom of the Big 12, we usually say this in basketball. Yeah. Kansas, K-State, Iowa State, Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Whew. The Sun Belt came into Big Ten cities and laid a whooping. 3-0. and 3-0. Oh. and oh. For the Who belt over the Big coming? 12. But it was, um, look, I think Hutchinson's a nice player, receiver-wise. Well, they, they targeted him a ton. A ton, Trent, a ton. Probably too much, too much reliance look, on him. Yeah, absolutely. And I bought into it. Well, he turned down Oklahoma. Yeah, he's not playing if he's in Oklahoma. Yeah. Right? He's standing on the sidelines at Oklahoma. Um, he was okay. Sean Shaw, they have all dropped passes. Mm-hmm. Kohler being out is a blow. Brees Hall is a terrific running back. I'd have liked to have seen Jairel Brock, who was on the sidelines with his number 21 jersey. He wasn't dressed. I don't know if, obviously, there's an injury there, you would think. But Brock Purdy's the question mark to me, Trent. And I can't tell you how many times, how many mock drafts I've seen that this guy's a first-round pick. Trent, what am I missing? Well, in every time that we brought that up throughout this summer, spring and summer, and we'd see these mock drafts that would come out, and I continually went to, guy doesn't have the arm strength. He does not have the arm strength to be an NFL quarterback. Certainly not a first two, three-round draft pick. No way. It's, He's a third-day pick at best. Yeah, and, and it's because of the athleticism, and he can run around a little bit. But arm strength, that's not even close. There, there are throws that he cannot make, and you saw it again at the game on Saturday. He just, not only that, but the mechanics and how lazy he can get with his mechanics and throwing off the back foot. And, there was no emotion on that side. i got to tell you, as much as critical as we've been the last three minutes, I might be saving the worst for last. Oh, yeah. Matt Campbell quit. That, that's Matt an Campbell quit on his football team. You're down ten with four seven and a half minutes, roughly seven minutes left. Mm-hmm. The Raging Cajuns have the ball 
in on their side of of the fifty, right? You've got two timeouts left. Ten points, okay. We've seen that. It's going to be difficult. We were at some point going to ask an Iowa State kicker to tie to make a big field goal. We know that's a 50-50 proposition normally. But Matt Campbell standing on the sidelines and good for Billy Napier. Yes. Who decided, you know what? Uh-uh. I'm not calling off our guys. We're going to score again. And they did. We'll take a three-score lead. Absolutely did, Trent. That's a, That was, um, I, I don't know how you should. Now, I know the fan base will. I mean, I've seen, speaking of local media. This is still a very good football team. No, it's not. I'm very optimistic about this team going forward. This is a terrible what offensive line. What did you see that would lead you to being optimistic? Yes, teams improve between week one and two. So will everybody. This isn't just an Iowa State thing. Are they getting a bunch of transfers to play offensive line? Are they going to go out and all of a sudden find a bunch of new receivers to go in there? Are Is this team going to markedly change? No. Oh, offensive no. line, you can't hide it. No. And it doesn't matter how good the skill positions are. Your offensive line is bad. Your offense is going to be bad. This is year number five of uh-huh. noted guru, yeah. we've been told. Yeah. And and it's not only Matt Campbell with an offensive line background. Tom Manning, Tom Manning right. the offensive coordinator, yep. also has an offensive line background. Well, yeah, they lost a lot of starters last year, but you just wait. This group coming in, it's more talented. Mm. How many times do we hear that garbage? This this group is more talented yeah, every year. than what they had before. Trent, the answer is every year. We get told it's the best team in Iowa State history every year. Some of us buy it. And you lose by 17 Jeez. to a Sun Belt. And your coach quit. Coach quit. 229 left. First and 10 at the 11. You hold him to a field goal, you get the ball back down 13. Yeah, it's don't asking call. a lot, but still give your kids give a, a chance. chance. Don't quit. You don't call it. You, you tackle them for a loss. It's second and eleven. You don't use a timeout. Okay, you got two, so maybe you're just holding off. They make a good run. They they do make a run on that next play, but it's still third and short, and you don't use a timeout there. Yeah, I don't. I don't get. It. This is still a very good football team. Come on, please, Trent. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> there's nothing more you can say. No, they better be TCU. Because Oklahoma is next. And mm-hmm. did you see Spencer Rattler? I don't care who the competition was. It's not a very good Missouri State. No, team. but you know what? When those receivers were running behind them, mm-hmm. they didn't have to break stride. They hit the ball. The ball was placed right where it needed to be time after time after time. This kid's making his first start. That was. Um, they put 31 up in the first quarter. <laughs> right. It's about all you need to know. Oh, that was brutal, brutal, brutal in names. Brutal in names. Um, NFL from yesterday. I want to spend a couple of minutes mm-hmm. there. I want to sp- specifically. On the NFC North as they all played each other. Let's start with your Bears. Lance Briggs, after the game, according to Cappy, David Kaplan, joins us every Wednesday, Centurion Stone sponsors, uh, mentioned that for whatever reason, Matt Patricia decided to go away from the zone defense and play man-to-man. And apparently, this is Mitchell Trubisky's strength, is going up against man defenses. I would like to think Matt Patricia is a little bit brighter to know that maybe that's not the right idea. But whatever the case was, Trent, he looked like a quarterback. You had to feel after ripping Mitchell Trubisky for three quarters on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Got awful quiet. It was easy to do those first three <laughs> no, quarters. He was bad. It wasn't. Yeah, he was bad. He missed open guys. That has been his calling card. Another guy lazy with the mechanics and throwing off the back foot. They talked about that at halftime of the game. Bradshaw was was mentioning that. Just throwing off the back foot, even when rushes weren't there, you got to step up. You got to fire the ball. 
You know, there was that third down pass that was behind the receiver in the first half. It's just a bad throw. You're yeah. an NFL quarterback. You have to make it. That's a pitch and catch. Mm-hmm. But to what Lance Briggs was, say, Briggs was saying, and going to the man, I, I think it's very simple. Against the zone, you got to read. you got to read what's out there. You have to go through your progressions. When it's man, it's pretty simple. This guy's making his break, and he's going to mm-hmm. have the hip. He's going to have the step, and I'm going to fire it there. I think it's just simplicity for Mitch. He's he's a talented guy in terms of arm athletic ability. He has that. You want to see it again, don't you? The mental makeup, though, it's still yeah. questionable. He, he is a very shaky guy. And I do wonder, if you got Matt Nagy on a quiet moment where he would tell you the truth, how close was he to just pulling the trigger and going to Foles? At, at early in the, to start the second half? Yeah, yeah any time in the third quarter into yeah. the early fourth before the comeback started. Mm-hmm. That at least has to cross your mind. Now, if you do that, it's over for Trubisky. You can never, no, short of injury, go short back to injury, him. Short of injury, right. It's over. Mm-hmm. You're completely crossing it out. Plus, you're down 17. So Warren Sharp, Sharp Football, on Twitter. 99.6% of that the time. The probability? Is, uh, with a oh, team, with a 17-point lead. With a 17-point gotcha. lead in the fourth quarter, your teams win. in the NFL win. 99.6% of the time, I think, over the last 20 years, is the number. The Bears, though, found uh. a way. Four times, now five times, uh. a team has come back over the last 20 years from a 17-point fourth-quarter deficit. Because he put it fulls there, I think we know what's going to happen. They'll lose. <laughs> Maybe they'll put a touchdown up, and there'll be some kind of whimper there. But Trubisky, making some of those throws, getting the one-on-one coverage on the outside and actually firing it, he looked like a completely different guy. He did. Am I buying it? No. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I am not buying this one Who do they have week iota. two? They got the Giants. Oh, well, that should be a win. We'll it see sh- them tonight. And they get them at Soldier Field. So right. they get a home game right. there. Odd for short week. Yeah, off a short week. Good call, yeah, uh-huh. with uh, the Giants playing tonight. And then after that for the Bears, it's Atlanta, who did not. Yeah. That defense looked atrocious. Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson's pretty good. Four <laughs> touchdown passes, three incompletions. Yeah. He's pretty, That's well, not he, a bad stat line. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He's, he's the most accurate deep passer I've ever seen. Ever. Ever. And the, and the Bears not get the hyperbolic. Colts after that. We talking 4 no Bears, right? They could be, Trent. They could be. Um, if Jabisky continues to take steps forward. The Washington football team. Yes. I didn't see that coming. Heard a lot about that defense and the way that they're built. But the other piece was Dwayne Haskins, the report from the locker room at the half. A second-year quarterback, a guy still has to be looking over his shoulder at Should Alex be. Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith was not on the active roster for this game, but... Sounds like he's incredibly close. Mm-hmm. How many games does mm. Haskins have? And to to rally the troops in that way and to rely on that run game, that Gibson kid, mm-hmm. he's good. Mm-hmm. They got something there. McLaren we, saw, McLaren we saw last year. He's a really nice receiver. So Another you watched Buckeye. a lot of that game by this A lot, did, lot did more. Did you bet it or something? I did, yes, I was, on, I was on the Washington professional football team, so that was a piece of it. But watched a lot, and I walked away. That defense didn't get off to a good start, yeah. but... From the second, middle of the second quarter on, that's certainly one of the top ten defenses in the league, and maybe higher than that. So if you're if you're an Eagles fan, what are you thinking about Carson Wentz right now? Oh, I don't know what you can, maybe, right? Because you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop and him uh-huh. get hurt first. Next, if you're the Eagles, now the good news is what happened to the Cowboys. Trent, that was that defense is putrid. Are we looking at another eight and eight, nine and yeah, seven? We'll win be. the NFC East. You know who was good was Alden Smith was terrific in the football game. Uh, the linebacker fifty five from Boise State uh, mm-hmm. uh, going out getting hurt the Van... way he, it starts with the knee. Yeah, um, yeah he, he he collarbone coming off a neck surgery for him. Of course, the tight end goes down. Uh, the offense was okay. The offense was fine in the football game. 
Uh, I thought the pass interference call or or the offensive pass interference at the end mm-hmm. was an egregious call. But but if you're going to say that. They got away with one on Goff's pick because Goff's pick was, I mean, his his face mask was ripped sideways. Yeah. So, you know, they kind of do even out. The offensive P.I. was, uh, I thought that was an awful call, but Jalen Ramsey sold it and they bought it. The There's guys that we talk about that are just worth the price of admission. And Aaron Donald, a Trent. defensive tackle that it just... Did you is, see him pick up Ezekiel yeah, Elliott yeah. and Ezekiel out apparently 235 pounds and he picked him up off the ground and threw him ragdoll through the air. Yes, it's like picking up a cabbage patch kid and just ch- chucking it to the side. That, Unbelievable. He is so much fun to watch. I can't think of a defensive tackle that I've I've enjoyed watching as much as him. Yeah, and Dominican Sue when he was in college. Yeah, he was uh, dominant. Right. Um, yeah, it's a fair point. A defensive tackle that I've enjoyed. What is probably a short list. I would have to spend some time thinking about it. Yeah, Syracuse just because he was huge. Yeah, but he just him. he just plugged the middle. He wouldn't do anything. Right. Right. Not the most athletic. Dude. But Aaron Donald, his ability as a pass rusher, of course, his ability stuffing the run. He is a different level, and that's that was my biggest walking away point. Oh. Just him in a game, the Rams. I told you I like the Rams coming in the year. I picked them to win the West, and I don't know. I don't know where that yeah, offense you're is wrong. still Seattle's going to be. going to win the West. <laughs> Two-team race? Maybe. Three-team three three race? Uh, we'll see. We'll 49ers see. losing at home. <sighs> and watched a lot of that one because I was also on the mm-hmm. Cardinals. I will tell you. You must have had a good week in your picks. I did, yeah. College was really good. I went 4-1 and one in our picks, yeah. and... It was a, a very profitable weekend. Good, so good. After a rough early week, we, we bounced back, and there's more to bet on. Uh, one other thing, and I didn't even realize until, oh, maybe halftime of the NFL games, what was the NBA doing putting the Nuggets uh, game? Who knows, right? I couldn't noon? agree with you more. What, I, I don't get it. Trent. What's the justification? I don't get it. And by the sounds of things, we missed a pretty good basketball yeah. game. Another the, huge comeback. Yeah, and now there's a game seven on uh, on Tuesday night. What, are they going to put that at one in the afternoon? Oh, what, what are they doing? Don't get it. Don't understand. Okay, stay you know, away from uh, from Sunday. I get away. They don't want to go up against Sunday night football. Okay, I I would argue with it, but I understand that. Now we got to keep the circumstances in mind. They want to get to next season sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, I was. I wouldn't say push the game to tonight because you're still going up against a deb- double. Of NFL, but even like the late afternoon window when there's only three NFL games, and I don't know, started at five o'clock Eastern, four o'clock our time, something like that, leading into Sunday night football. That was just a head scratcher. I was I was disappointed when I was hearing people talking about the comeback because I still wasn't flipping away. From yeah, it. I didn't see it. The only thing I flipped to was uh, when, when John Heyman alerted everybody via Twitter that Alec Mills has a no hitter in yep. the ninth inning. Did so you, I saw the final three? Did you uh, get there as the Cubs were still batting? That's no, what I got over. No, I got there to see Alec Mills. First pitch of the ninth inning. So Arcia, the outfielder for uh, for the Brewers, was on the bump as they were going. Oh, they're getting crushed. Yeah. yeah, he was up there throwing the baseball in the forties, forty miles an hour. Really? I mean, he was just literally lobbing it up there, and it was Ian Happ walked, and then it was Rizzo that was up. But there was one pitch, and they were. I mean, the radar gun was on it. 42, 46, 51, and he was just tossing it. Up there, there was one that I mean looped in there. The radar gun didn't even pick it up. Wow. It had to be thirty-five miles an hour. Mm. Didn't even pick it up, and then Rizzo crushes one on the ground, but it was to the second baseman for the final out. But as we talked about with the uh, Kenta Maeda no hitter here a few weeks back with the Twins, the Cubs did the same thing. After that half inning, instead of going to commercial break, 
They stayed with it and set it up. And, and I don't know if this is something that baseball has always done on television or done for a long time. Not gone to break, you mean? Yeah, I can't remember uh, it until this year, but tip yeah. of the ball cap to the production crews, because mm-hmm. that's great. Just setting the scene and getting that 90 seconds, uh, two minutes leading into it. The anticipation was great. No, and it really was. It takes a lot to get away from football on a Sunday, especially week one. Yeah. Alec Mills was able to do that. Yeah, I'm not sure if, if Tampa Bay's got a no-no going. I'm going to flip over yeah, with football, right. but since it was the Cubs, one of the locals. Uh, speaking of the locals, uh, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers was unbelievable. Uh, Gutekirst got ripped for taking Jordan Love the way he did. It's motivated number 12, and if that indeed is the case, that's a scary proposition if you're a Lions, Bears, or Vikings fan because Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, drinking from the fountain of youth, Trent. He was unbelievable in that in that football game yesterday. Uh, Aaron Jones was terrific. Devontae Adams was fantastic. Scantling Valdez can't catch to save his life. No, he had a, what two four, of them? Four or five drops, I think, in the game. Uh, by the he, wide receiver, he might have crew. had more. Yeah, uh, but he had two egregious ones. Lazard catches a touchdown pass. You know, speaking of, we going back to Iowa State. Their kicker missed two field goals. Uh, the the uh, grad transfer from is it Indiana? Indiana, yeah. He missed two field goals, so they had two red zone trips where they didn't score a point. It's actually worse. It was. It could have been. Oh, brutal, brutal, brutal. Scott Dockerman coming up next. We've got the latest on Doc. Is he buying his colleagues at the Athletics Report, or is he buying Dan Patrick's report? Maybe it's me wishful thinking. I want to buy into the Athletics. I like their plan of everybody buy, playing better. Yes, yes. Let's uh, go for that one. Let's take that one. If there's a choice, uh, we're with you until noon. Appreciate you choosing to spend some of your morning with Trent and I. We're Miller and Condon. Still to come, Todd Hastel. We never did BMW Des Moines guest list, did we? No, we got Tad Haslip coming Todd on Haslip at 11.45. At, uh, 1045. 10.45. Uh, he covers the NFL. Bama Bob, Trent and I will go around college football. ACC, I found, you know, what is... Now, I think next week is going to be difficult mm-hmm. to glean some stuff. There's a couple of Louisville-Miami, the big Should game. Should be good. Um, Outside the of Notre that, Dame game was fun. That's Your the, Georgia Tech game was fun. Yeah, I'm still not sold on Ian Book. I am sold on that freshman running back, 23. My gosh. He popped in. Holy mackerel. Uh, so we'll go around college football for a few minutes with Bama and then Dave Sproul from KASI. Matt Campbell's teleconference is 10 after 11. We'll get Dave Sproul uh, as soon as he hangs up the phone from that. Uh, Dave Sproul from KASI and Ames. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Wojnowski covered the Big Ten. <laughs> you know the truthful information to follow? And Stuart Mandel walked back his tweet from earlier. Thought oh. it was a little too harsh. Well, no. I thought it was great. I'm glad he did. Uh, Scott Dockerman momentarily. Todd Hayslip from the Sporting News covers the NFL in about 12, 15 minutes or thereabouts. Let's get Scott Dockerman in here. He was in Ames on Saturday morning. Uh, Jack Trice covering the Cyclones game. Doc, good to talk to you. Trent and Ken. Where we want to start is... Um, you know, a lot of football fans, certainly a good portion of this state, to want their black and gold on the field. Who doesn't? Uh, but in the Big Ten footprint, Big Ten football means so much. Uh, Doc, I was really optimistic until I saw Dan Patrick's tweet. Where are you this morning on the Big Ten resumption of football, potentially? Well, I, I think all indications to me are that they're going to play. It's just, uh, you know, there are questions about opt-out. 
for certain schools. I think that was part of the discussion yesterday. At least that's what I've kind of heard. And and so there is the potential for certain schools to say, we're just not prepared for it. So then the Big Ten could kind of go without them and, and not be, you know, 14 strong or all or none. And uh, so that's a really big factor. To, and that's something that was discussed in the very beginning. They got shot down. So I do think football will proceed. I think it will proceed in in October. That's that's my guess more than I'm not reporting that. But I think it's, uh, you know, it, it could be pretty wonky and pretty odd, uh, you know, looking from what we think it might be. It's absolutely crazy just uh, the, the reports that continue to pile in and, and hearing the different ways that this is ultimately going to play out. So is it just as simple as the rapid testing that's available? This is enough to to push the school chancellors and presidents back to allowing football to happen. Is this as simple as that? I think there's two factors, uh, the health-related factors that really pushed them to postpone it could put, and it pushed them to resume it, and that is, yes, the rapid testing is vital. I mean, the fact that you can uh, test people daily, quickly, get results back quickly, and then f- figure out, okay, you know, this person tests positive, what's the contract tracing? You could do all of that, you know, in the span of a couple hours versus days. And the other thing is myocarditis. I think we haven't seen a a real consensus, but some of the reports that were out there previously were erroneous uh, from certain doctors. Mm -hmm. And there was a real concern at that time, on August 11th, uh, that 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 was a major uh, byproduct of having COVID. And so I think... The fact that that doesn't seem to be the universal case, I think that's probably also a factor in, in maybe resuming football. Doc, so if there is a resumption of football, uh, the October 10th seems like it's too quick to me, especially Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin's at a point right now where they're, they're shut down. Um, does the 17th make more sense to you? I mean, Trent and I and, and Tom Caker went through it on, on uh, this past Friday. They could feasibly do it, with, with no with no stoppages, if the start on the twenty fourth of October, you can still play your eight games and get in the championship game to, in all likelihood, uh, send Ohio State to the college football playoff. What date makes more sense to you? Is the seventeenth probably now the target? I think the seventeenth is the target. Uh, you know, I'm wondering if it's going to be the twenty fourth. It, it really comes down to if it's the seventeenth. You could have, uh, you know, eight games over nine weeks or nine games over nine weeks and have the championship game on the 19th, although I don't know that you can have it in Indianapolis because the Colts are home and they're on a uh, question mark, which means it could be either a Saturday or a Sunday game. Oh. Uh, you know, so that, that will, it could be Detroit. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case or even a home site, you know, and, and for that game. But, but that said, or it could be the 24th where it's, eight straight games with no buys, with no opportunities to, to back up. I, I mean, there's there's a couple of different options here. And, uh, you know, and I think we're, we're all presuming Ohio State, which does have a team, a roster capable of getting to the playoffs. But, you know, Sean Wade leaving for the mm-hmm. NFL today, Wyatt Davis last week. Yep. Uh, you know, when we're talking football, <laughs> we're not sleep on two teams in the West Division right now, and that's Wisconsin and Iowa, because I think both teams have the have a roster capable of competing with Ohio State. You look at the Iowa Hawkeyes, and let's say we get the the thumbs up here in the next couple of days from the Big Ten. They had been shut down for a little while. I think the uh, football players are now be, back able to work out. 
the shortened ramp-up period, is that advantage Iowa, disadvantage Iowa? How would you look at them and compare to their conference brethren? Uh, it, it, it really remains to be seen. I think, you know, there's been so much uproar, uh, you know, turmoil associated with the Iowa program, but I think that they built a really strong chemistry over the summer. And so I think, absent the fact that they don't have a uh, returning quarterback, I do That's think it. that they have enough returning players and enough team chemistry that I think they're, they could progress decently. You know, maybe their fundamentals won't be as sharp as what you'd expect, but I think there's enough cohesion there that they'll, they should be okay. But, you know, it, it's interesting because throughout the summer, they were able to get workouts in. They had pauses uh, due to high COVID numbers, and then they certainly did a couple weeks ago. But, uh, you know, there's not going to be, you know, the, the big fear back in May was, you needed six to eight weeks at a minimum in order to play. Well, that was before they had the summer workouts. I mean, I, I think right now you're looking at if they got the okay this afternoon and they started on, say, Tuesday or Wednesday with camp, I mean, that's the equivalent of starting in early August, and then they did have some workouts. So I, I don't think it'd be quite as detrimental as maybe we thought it would be looking in May where maybe there wasn't even going to be any kind of uh, workouts until July. Worst case scenario, Doc, say Dan Patrick's right, uh, that there's only going to be you know, a handful of teams that want to want to do this. Um, what's the likelihood that, I mean, is January still, It's obviously it's option C, October, then November, Thanksgiving B, and then January C. Um, do, do you think that, you know, if we do get to January and there's been no Big Ten football uh, up until that point, does that lessen the likelihood that we get anything at all? Because, boy, oh, boy, it sure seems like January is an awful consolation prize. <laughs> it does from the playoff perspective because the Big Ten sees itself as, uh, you know, among the Power Five where its champion should be considered strongly for the playoff. And if you're not in that conversation, then you feel like it's been of a letdown of a season no matter what. So, that to me is the biggest problem with January is that uh, whether it's Ohio State or Penn State or Iowa or Wisconsin, that you don't get that opportunity to compete for the national title. That's really unfortunate. However, if you know the most important thing though for all the athletic departments is to actually play. Uh, they need that revenue. Um, we saw it with Iowa and Minnesota losing sports, and the other teams are going to you know the other schools are going to have similar consequences without playing football. So. If, if it's January, it, it's not going to be what they want, but it, it has to happen. And if it's a JV environment where a lot of players opt out, so be it. I mean, those players will be gone next fall anyway. But I, I do think that right now the target is October, and I think the, the teams that want to play, I kind of think is good, that they're going to be allowed to play. I think there's just too much pressure. And, uh, and I think the new testing really – um, allows for that uh, that type of environment to take place. I, I thought, uh, Doc, did you see over the weekend that the Michigan Chancellor President was um, was firmly in the camp of, no, this isn't going to happen. Apparently he's had a change of heart. Did you see that, Doc? And, and I, I guess that this is a guy that a lot of people, a lot of the presidents were were uh, really taking his opinion uh, that the, you know that this isn't a good idea. But since he's come around... It seems like Michigan would be in, yet I'm hearing that, you know, according to Patrick, that both Michigan schools were going to be out. What have you heard about the Michigan chancellor? Yeah, I, I don't know enough about what his position is, other than, you know, at first he was very pro 
postpone. I don't know about his changes all that much. But, you know, I would I would caution people to take anything away from, uh, from what Dan has said. Dan has been wrong, yep. significantly wrong several times, along with uh, Sir Pontoon Boat <laughs> and a few other people. Uh, that they've been wrong. They've been every day. It's been a new guest, and every day it's been wrong. And then it comes back, and and uh, you know, there's been four or five people that you can consistently understand. You know, Adam Rittenberg, Nicole Arbach, uh, Bruce Feldman, Pete Tamil, uh, Teddy Greenstein. Mm-hmm. When they write something, those are the people to pay attention to right. because they do have a pipeline to the office. The other people are hearing things. I'm hearing things. I'm having people at different schools tell me things but i also know that it's not it's more perspective than it is actual you know accurate information so i I would i would caution away from what dan patrick says and i would steer more towards the five or six people i already named doc uh in the interim before we get big 10 football back yeah i'm saying that you are on the Iowa State beat. You were there at Jack Trice on Saturday. So take us in. It was easy in, easy out, a little bit different than it was a year ago when you made your way to Jack Trice for the Seahawks game. But what you saw out of the Cyclones and the 17-point loss to a Sunbelt team? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough beginning, no doubt about it, for the Cyclones. Uh, you know, I, I thought defensively they played really well. Yeah, me too. I did. I mean, other than that last drive and that one big play, I thought they played I think mm-hmm. they're going to be a good defensive team. And and I, I liked, you know, what I saw a little bit out of Brees Hall. I thought he played well. Mm-hmm. And not having Charlie Kohler and, and having you know, Trevor Downing go down with an injury for halftime was crucial because they're really young up front. You could tell that they, you know, they missed the blocks that normally they wouldn't miss. And, and that's happened in the first game of the year against anybody. Um, but, you know, I was probably most concerned for Iowa State for the wide receivers. Uh, we're not used to seeing Iowa State struggle that position group, not in recent years with Hakeem Butler and Alan Lazard and you know, going way back to Todd Blythe and those guys. So I think they're very young and, and you know, I think they they would rely normally on their tight end crew and not having Charlie Kohler was really an, a you know, a detriment to them. And but to me I think the the area that probably makes Matt Campbell nauseous was just the lack of fundamentals when it came to special teams. I mean, Iowa State and Iowa are similar in that way. They need to win those games in the margins and, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, they don't allow anything more than a 10-yard return on a, on a punt and a 25-yard return on a kickoff. And to give up both, I think, was that, that's something that will cause some sleepless nights. I, don't, I think they've got the guts of a pretty good team. Uh, but I do think that they've got a lot of work to do. Need more out of their quarterback, Brock Purdy, whose last three games have not been good. Back to last year, this one was um, uh, this one wasn't good. And, and Doc uh, Matt Campbell quitting on the football team, not taking timeouts. Yeah, it would have been tough to come back. But you know what? We've seen it before. It's a sixty-minute game for crying out loud, and waving the white flag, and, and 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 good for the raging Cajuns punching in another one. They wanted to score again, despite the fact that you know Matt Campbell wanted the game to be over. I was shocked that he didn't use the timeout. I, I didn't really fault him as much there, um, but I will say that, uh, you know, Brock Purdy struggled, and I would say his receivers didn't help him. I mean, there were some critical drops in the first half, and uh, that, you know, especially on back to back plays on second and third down, that would have converted into first downs, and that adds to drives, that helps the quarterback's confidence, helps the offense's confidence, and I think that was as instrumental in anything as the way things have went through the course of the day and yeah you can you question a little bit of the strategy there but 
uh, I don't know, as being one of the 800 people or so in the stadium, I kind of thought at that point that uh, Iowa State was was cooked a little bit. And so maybe he was trying to, you know, they were down a couple of scores at that point. So, uh, you know, what you're trying to do is, is stop them and maybe have some timeouts. And, and, you know, if you can score quickly and get another stop, then you can start using your timeouts. But when you're down multiple scores, it's hard to, to really um, – it's, it's, it's hard to find a path forward without having time out. We'll agree to disagree on that one. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, appreciate what you do. Stay on top of this. Uh, just the last thing. Vote today, tomorrow. Do you, if you had to pick one or or, or see n- none of the above, um, where are you as far as the Big Ten voting, whether to go forward or not? Today, tomorrow, or none of the above? I think probably today. I think it'll happen today. I think they'll move forward today, and I think we'll uh, you know, I'm, I'm really uninterested in knowing how many teams pr- proceed because I think that's going to be the fascinating discussion um, later today. Good stuff, Scott Dockerman. Thank you, Doc. Thank you. Appreciate it. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic as we uh, get a recap from Doc. I'll take a time out. We'll get into the NFL coming up next. Uh, we're here until noon. Dave Sproul uh, will be listening to Matt Campbell's teleconference at 10 minutes after the 11. He'll jump on with us after that as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10 All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Get into the NFL, shall we? Todd Hayslip uh, covers it for the Sporting News. Crazy week number one. Still two games to go. Twenty-eight of the thirty-two. Oh, I hit the wrong button, Trent. Oh, we'll get we'll get Tad back on though. Yeah, Just absolutely. a moment. Absolutely, I appreciate that. Yeah, Tad Hayslip coming up momentarily. Um, boy, oh boy, my my mistake. Anyway, speaking of mistakes, how about Jamie Collins' mistake from yesterday? Getting tossed out of the game. I was after a David Montgomery run, and. I don't know why Collins was disappointed the way Montgomery puts his head down, but he put his Collins in trying to show the uh, the, the white hat what was just done to him. Decided to make contact with the official. You can't do that. And off he was, fifteen yards, and he's kicked out of the game. That was crazy. Uh, Tad, my my mistake. I appreciate you coming on, Tad Hayslip. Um, good to speak with you. How are you? No problem. How are y'all doing this morning? Good. We're just talking about Jamie Collins. I mean, we've—I guess we've probably seen that, maybe. Um, you know, uh, but he was trying to make a point, um, but then just obviously went too far. That was—that was a bizarre one. It was extremely bizarre. And I mean, look, it, by the letter of the law, you're not supposed to make contact with an official. So obviously, you know, there there had to be at least a penalty here, and, and I guess objection uh, with that, but. I mean, come on! Like that's a that's a pretty weak ejection, and I thought it was really funny that that the official sold it like he like he was flopped like a halfway flop. Like, what are you doing, dude? Um, it was it was a you know that's just I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Uh, first of all, um, like if you're Jamie Collins, you have to know. Look, I mean, you can you can you know try to prove that you know you're being hit with the crown of a helmet. You can, you can do that without actually hitting the ref. So yeah, like obviously he's at fault here, but it's still a silly ejection. I mean. It's a really uh, it's a dumb way to get kicked out of a football game. I, I tweeted when I saw it, you know, that he didn't get his money's worth. You're going to get kicked out. Do something worth getting kicked mm-hmm. out for. Um, but that was uh, that was a pretty ridiculous one. So we see Mitchell Trubisky in the fourth quarter come back down twenty, uh, make twenty one points in the fourth quarter, three touchdown drives. 
Are you buying anything, any takeaway here, or eh, it was the Lions. The Lions are bound to find a way, a stupid way to lose a game. That, that right there, that's what I'm buying. The Lions are still the Lions. That was my takeaway, and I know that's a lazy takeaway. But look, guys, like Mitchell Trubisky or not, whoever's a quarterback, like the Lions, I mean, fair enough, they have a history of doing this, and they, it's continued under Matt Patricia. And, and look, I know that you know that if they, they don't get a drop in the end zone, they probably win that game. Uh, but they did. They dropped it. They, they it was, And look, like, all credit in the world to Matthew Stafford. I mean, that was a great last-second drive that he engineered, um, yeah. and granted it didn't work out. Um, so really, you know, they complete that pass. We're having a very different conversation mm-hmm. right now. So that's why that's why I'm not necessarily buying into the the Mitchell Trubisky stuff. We I feel like at this point we already have a pretty good idea of who Mitchell Trubisky is as a quarterback. I I do think uh, the Nick Foles competition helped him. Obviously, I mean that that was evident in that comeback. Um, but but still, you know, you know, it's not like the Bears are going to want to pay this guy like what Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are getting. So um, look. I'm I'm willing to change my mind on that if he has a big year. I just don't see it happening, and, and I see this more of, you know, the Lions blew it than anything else. Uh, let's uh, talk about the Vikings and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, i uh, got to give Goodacoos credit and maybe lit a fire under his veteran quarterback because Aaron Rodgers looked like Aaron Rodgers. But the Vikings, from their perspective, uh, I, boy, I, I just don't know what to make of this team. I really don't. Kirk Cousins uh, is what he is, uh, right? Dalvin Cook couldn't get going. Thielen was Thielen, but they need more help at the receiver position. Jefferson's a rookie. It's going to take him a while to uh, to uh, uh, to make an impact. Where are you on this Vikings team after what you saw yesterday, a Packers team that put up 43 on them? Yeah, look, I can totally understand why people are down on the Vikings this morning. I mean, when you when you put up that many points, I believe I saw it was the most given up by Mike Zimmer in, in his complete tenure. Um, obviously, that's alarming. I, But to be honest, I, I didn't necessarily leave that game thinking much differently of the Vikings. We have to remember something. Now, the Packers, you know, a lot of people didn't like what they did over the offseason. They, they didn't necessarily like the, the team-building measures that they took, the draft picks they made, the signings they made in free agency. Um, and, and that kind of left kind of, a, a, I guess, a, a negative aura, if you will, about the Packers throughout the offseason. But a lot of people forget this team made the NFC Championship game last year. This yeah. is a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, take your pick, Vikings or Packers. Everyone was picking one of those two teams to win the division. So, look, I, the Vikings struggled defensively in Week 1. You know, they'll, they'll get healthier. They'll be able to make some adjustments. And, and I think for the most part they'll be fine. I just think a lot of people aren't giving the Packers enough credit uh, for how on point they were in week one. And you, and you mentioned the, the Aaron Rodgers factor. Like, of course he's motivated. This is probably definitely the most motivated he's ever been yeah. in, in his entire career. Um, so, you know, you get that confluence of factors, and, and that's just kind of what happened in week one. And, and, and look, the Vikings got to shake it off quickly. I mean, they got to move on from this. They got to beat the Colts on the road. Um, the Colts are hungry, too. That's another team that got upset, um, and they're angry about it, too. So give the Vikings a chance to bounce back, I think, would be my reaction here. And and look, if we're if we talk again another week and, and the Vikings are in two, then all of a sudden we might have a problem. But the way I see this, the Vikings lost to a really good team on Sunday. We overreact every Monday, but uh, maybe another level in Week One. Who has the better season, Cam Newton's New England Patriots <laughs> or Tampa Tom and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Who do you got this year? Yeah, I feel like if you'd have asked me this through like ten different points through the offseason, I would have given you a different answer each time, and I feel like that's probably going to keep up during the season. Um, it's look, the, the Bucks have some issues to work out. Obviously Tom Brady himself yeah. has some issues to work out. Um, and look, I mean, you know, the, the Patriots beat the Dolphins. I'm not going to give them a ton of credit there. They weren't necessarily great on offense. They were efficient, which is what they wanted to be with or without Cam Newton. So 
the, the way I see this is that the Patriots are kind of doing what they were going to do anyway, um, which is kind of keeping the ball on the ground for the most part. They're just doing it with the quarterback more than they otherwise would have. So Josh McDaniels and company, they're kind of trying to adjust on the fly there. Um, but, you know, the schedule allowed for a win in week one, essentially. Um, and look, the Bucks had to play the Saints, you know? I mean, it's, that's a tough matchup for any team, especially I, I wasn't going to say on the road, although the crowd wasn't a factor in the Superdome this time. Uh, but that's still a really good team that the Bucks had to play. So I kind of feel similarly about the Bucks as I said about the Vikings. Like, they just lost to a really good team. Uh, so, you know, as of right now, like, look, the Patriots are going to do what they do. We all know that. They're going to be strong defensively. They're going to try to run the ball, and they're, they're going to try to avoid turning the ball over. Um, you know, the, the, the Bucks are kind of going to be that way too, but they also have Tom Brady who's going to let it loose a little bit in that Bruce Arians offense. And I think there's a little bit more room there for, for up and down games, if you will, whereas the Patriots, I think, will be more consistent throughout the season. So, you know, it's, a lot of it's going to depend on the schedule. A lot of it's going to depend on health. I, I think it's a tight race, honestly, between those two teams on who's going to end up with a better season. I just think you're more likely to get the consistency out of the Patriots than you are with the Buccaneers. So for that reason, I would say can win with the Patriots. But again, ask me again in two or three weeks, and maybe I'll feel differently about Tampa Bay. Tad Hayslip from the uh, Sporting News is our guest. Uh, Trent and I both thought that the NFC West prior to the season might be the most competitive division uh, in football. It was certainly entertaining yesterday. Russell Wilson, unbelievable. Matt Ryan threw for a ton of yards, but he had to uh, in the football game. Arizona knocking off San Francisco in San Francisco. Uh, and then the Rams picking off the Cowboys last night. I thought the Cowboys had a uh, potential to be a Super Bowl team. I know it's only week one. Their defense looked you know, as bad as it has been, with the exception of Alden Smith, who was great. Um, but where are you on the West? What did you see? Seattle, open your eyes. Arizona, either of those two teams more so? Seattle did, absolutely. I mean, the, what they did to the Falcons was extremely impressive. And Russell Wilson specifically, like, I'm not going to pretend to be surprised by Russell Wilson having a big game, but for him to come out firing like that, going 31 of 35, 300-some on yards, I, I think I saw that, you know, with, with 35 pass attempts being the, the minimum, I think, like, only two or three players had ever done what he did completion percentage-wise. Again, though, that's not a surprise because it's Russell Wilson. And, and look, you you add Jamal Adams to a defense like that. And, and I think based on what happened outside of the division with Arizona being San Francisco, I think the one takeaway you have here, and you can't take away much from week one, we all know that, but if Seattle's going to play like that, then Seattle's your division favorite. Yeah. Like that, that's pretty obvious. But, but look, I mean, what we kind of thought about Arizona is true. This is a team on the rise. And, and something you got to remember about you know Kyler Murray, and I'm not going to say he's like the MVP favorite at this point, but, you know, think about the last two NFL MVPs, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Well, those are quarterbacks who are playing in their second season, and they rose straight to MVP level. And, and look, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Kyler Murray is going to do that, but he has an opportunity in front of him. And the way he played against San Francisco in that game, particularly in the second half, tells me that he could have a big year. And, and of course, you know, the defense is solid. So you mentioned that division being the most competitive in the NFL, I totally agree. And, and like, if the Cardinals are going to be like that all season, there's no bad team right. in this division. Like, a lot of times you have, like, a bottom feeder or two. All of these teams are good and competitive. Uh, it's really impressive. And you can include the Rams in there because a lot of people were on the fence about what the Rams would be. Mm-hmm. And to go out there uh, and play the way they played against the Cowboys, sure, the Cowboys had some shaky moments. But at the same time, that offense was on schedule. The offensive line was playing great. So, And therefore, when the offensive line is playing great, we know with that Sean McVay offense, that means the play-action game is going to be working. And that's how that offense rolls. You saw it a couple of years ago when they ended up in the Super Bowl. It seems like that might be back. So this division is absolutely the most competitive. It's the most interesting. I do think Seattle's a favorite at this point. But, you know, it, every team is strong, so anything can happen. Most likely winner tonight, Pittsburgh Giants, Tennessee, Denver. Give me one winner. Pittsburgh. Over the I'll Giants. I'll give you Pittsburgh. I think, I, I think, I think Pittsburgh 
it's weird to call the Steelers a sleeper team because yeah. of the Steelers. Um, I just think that so many people, A, underestimated how good that defense was last year, basically carrying the team when they have their quarterback injury issues, um, and B, the, the impact that Ben Roethlisberger will make, assuming he's healthy now that he's back. I think, I mean, that offense was so awful last year because they were struggling so bad at quarterback. If you simply replace that one position, all of a sudden, this is a division title contender again. Um, and look, it's, I'm not Biden is guaranteeing a Pittsburgh win here because it's, you know, it's a weird, you know, early Monday night football window and it's a road game for whatever that's worth in 2020. I just think that this is a team that the people aren't necessarily expecting to compete in the AFC. And I think not only, you know, in the division, but I think that this could, this team could be an AFC title contender. Tad Hayslip from the Sporting News. Tad, thank you. Appreciate you coming on. Look forward to doing it again. Thank you, Tad. Enjoy Monday night football. Appreciate it. Of course, guys. Thank you, as always. Good to talk to you. Tad Hayslip from the Sporting News. All right, back to the college game. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football. Uh, Dave Sproul is uh, going to be a part, uh, listening in to Matt Campbell's teleconference. Then he'll join us right after, about 1125. We've got an hour to go. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.